Welcome to AgTech 360, where we take a 360-degree view into emerging agriculture technologies that matter with our host, Adrian Percy. So this is Adrian Percy with AgTech 360, and I'm delighted today to be joined by the CEO of CropZone, Dirk Vandenhertz. Dirk is actually coming all the way from Aachen in Germany, which uh, if you ever get the opportunity to visit is an absolute magical town right on the uh, on the German border with a couple of countries and a very historic city. So welcome, Dirk. Thanks, Adrian, for having me here. I'm uh, enjoying to come back to North Carolina, to the RTP and to the university here. has been quite a long time being here, so I really enjoy being here. Yeah, well, great. Today, we're going to talk about weed control. And, you know, when I've had the opportunity to go out in the field, whether it's in Brazil or in Europe or Asia or here in North America, and you ask growers, what is your biggest pain? What is your biggest pain point? Often, not always, but many times, weed control is a big issue. And they cite the fact that there are fewer and fewer available options to them because of weed resistance that there aren't necessarily new modes of action coming onto the market. And it's something that they really struggle with. And if you go here in the southeast, for instance, Palmer Amaranth and other weeds are very, very challenging for growers once they get controlled. So you and your company, of course, have a very interesting solution to that, and that is electrocuting weeds. So which sounds a lot of fun, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about uh, what your company is doing and tell us a little bit about this technology and how it works. Yeah, indeed, I, I share the view that new herbicides are necessary for the industry. The chemical solutions have been developed in the 60s. So we're trying to combine new ways to manage plant growth. And what we do is we have the mode of action, the actual idea is to kill plants with electricity. But if you look deeper into that, uh, you will find out that you lose a lot of energy at the surface of the plant. So the leaf surface is a physical resistor for the electricity, and there you lose energy. Now, as you just mentioned, I'm coming out of Aachen. There's a lot of engineers being educated at the university, and we looked at that at pure engineers. And we thought, well, is there a way to reduce that resistance towards the plant? And we found out that if we spray a conductive liquid on the plant, we can lower the physical resistance for the energy by a factor of 10. Now, by doing so, that opens up a lot of opportunities for designing farm equipment. You can suddenly scale it in size. So application widths for farmers is is crucial. So you can drive it faster. It's um, more energy efficient. And well, it allows a better and more precise treatment for applications. And what we focus on is a non-selective herbicide approach, because we think that this is really where farmers need help, because at least in Europe, we're running out of options. Many of the very good solutions, very good chemical solutions have not been re-registered, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, that, that's what we're doing. It's a system which is attached to the tractor. So, at the three mount attachment, it's powered by the PTO, and then you simply drive into your field, and we spray that conductive liquid in front of that, and that kills the plant completely. So, it's used in applications where speed is crucial. For example, getting crops harvest ready, intermediately crop management, so uh, burn down of cover crops, pre-emergent applications to get a clean field before plants emerge. And that overall lowers also the weed density in a field because you always have a complete clean field after the application. So um, weeds don't get flowering and and get to, to the seed stage. 
So in these kind of burn down situations that you're describing that you've been, I know, testing in Europe, what kind of crops have you been working with? Well, we started for obvious reasons in potatoes, because first of all, there's lots of potatoes grown around Aachen. We have deep soil and, and that's a valuable crop. And the other reason is daikwad, the chemical which has been used for potato desiccation, is not any more available in Europe. So that's where we are going to farmers now. We are productive. We, we have productive systems running in the Netherlands, in Switzerland, in Germany, in France. And for example, the last couple of weeks, we had a farmer treating roughly about 200 hectares with our solution, and he got a perfectly result on his potatoes. One treatment is enough, so it's also economically viable for him. The potato quality is great. So that's what we're focusing on. We have done trials in Canada with uh, desiccation of oats. It's a big deal in Canada where most of the crops, because of the short season, need to be desiccated. And downstream organizations like PepsiCo or Nestle told us that there is an increasing demand of residue-free crops like oat or chickpea, whatever. And this is why they're looking into that solution. So this season, we also have trialed in Canada. I'm curious what the reaction is of growers when you go knock on their door and say, look, hey, I've got a great new idea how you can get over all these herbicide issues that you have. Let's go and zap the weeds in the field <laughs> and electrify them. What is the reaction? And how have you overcome any questions and I guess skepticism perhaps on the parts of, part of growers? Yeah, well, well, farmers are, are really tech addicted. So they, they like new toys and, and they're really looking into this. It's also very satisfying, you know, because you see an immediately result uh, that the crop goes down. But of course, there is lots of skepticism. You know, farmers like to test it. They like kicking tires. You know, they want to seed on the ground. So we have to do a lot of trialing with them together to convince them. But our experience is once they overcome the, this is a complete new idea, once they see it in the field, they, they're really convinced. And, and that's very motivating for the team because the results are outstanding good. And you mentioned the fact that this is really an engineered solution. You've got a lot of engineers, as, as we all know in Germany, very high quality engineers. So the engineering, I'm assuming, also allows you to go after other types of crops in the future, whether they're orchard crops or vineyards, perhaps, with an engineered solution if you so chose to. Is that something you're thinking about? Indeed. So whenever we talk to farmers, there's thousands of ideas where to use the technology. In my history in, in startups, I learned that a startup has to focus on a few potential business cases. And we try to, to really stick to those few business cases for now until we grow to a certain size and then go into other directions. But we know from our trialing that technology-wise, we can handle other applications in vegetables, uh, even in row crops, we can treat within the rows specialty crops. Next week, we have an Australian farmer visiting us. He wants to use that in their farming for nuts, you know, almond nuts. That's super interesting. But um, I think looking at the potential potato business, it always puts a smile on people talking about potatoes. But for a startup, this is a huge business. You know, we have to produce thousands of these machines to really help 25% of the farmers using that technology. So that's a, a big task already. And, and we're super curious to get things done in, in that area. And I'm sure you must get a lot of questions around the safety of this technology. Can you explain to us why this is a, a safe way of applying a, a herbicide type solution, even if it's not a chemical? So first of all, the 
whole solution is uh, labeled under organic farming regulation. So uh, both conventional as organic farmers can use it. That's that's the, the good news, first of all. The second one is the machine safety. And there, of course, we're Germans. We have regulations for everything. So there is regulations about uh, machine safety. We have four different classes in Europe for these machine safety regulations. And we have applied for the highest class. And, and we really follow those regulations. So it's a big machine, like any agriculture machine, there is a risk that you damage something or you hurt someone. But under the normal conditions, it's a safe machine. Given that you have a safe solution, and maybe going back to one of those other use cases, I mean, what about urban use of such technology? I mean, we know that in some urban communities, in some countries, even chemical herbicides are being restricted or even banned from use in urban environments. I know, and we all know from going even to our local store, that it's harder and harder to buy these types of products. Can you imagine an urban solution either for weed control in, say, roadside uses or even at home and garden use? Every farmer we're showcasing that says, I want to have a small machine just for my backyard, you know, keeping my house clean and everything. So the interest is huge uh, and and we expect that a a big market. So um, that's another road. We're also in a project um, with German Rail to adapt the the system for rail treatment because also their herbicide use is highly restricted. Just to explain, because many people probably don't appreciate this. So herbicides are actually applied in from the actual train in many cases, either side of a railroad to keep yeah. the rail the, the railway tracks free of weeds, right? So <laughs> Otherwise, they would grow. There's only a few trains uh, passing every day, and that's not enough to keep vegetation away. There's also fire risk. So they actually have to spray every railroad two times a year to keep it free. So these are actually specialized <laughs> trains, essentially. So yeah, I've never seen one of these in action, but I've <laughs> heard they no, exist. No, it's, it's, it's uh, really big trains, and they go usually during night to not interact with the rail system. And then they spray different herbicides to keep those rails free. And the legal uh, point is that it is already restricted, but there is emergency circumstances so that rail can still use it. And we are currently developing with German Rail a solution which is based on our technology. And I think that's a big step forward because many of these rails go through urban areas and people don't know that during night there is herbicides uh, sprayed in their backyard, but that's the reality. Fascinating technology, Dirk, and thanks for telling us a lot about it. I'm sure you're also keeping a kind of watchful eye on other technologies which may be emerging in the weed control market. I've heard of mechanical weeding and hot water and other things being used. What are you seeing from where you sit and what do you find interesting as perhaps additional options that might complement, for instance, what you're doing right now? Many solutions are based, what I see, so first of all, there's lots of investment going on and research in alternatives. Lots is based on robots, so autonomous systems which go on the field and detect weeds and then either mechanically or laser or whatever physical treatment they do to terminate weed growth there. I think the approach of autonomous systems in cultures, in vegetable cultures or specialty crops is very intelligent because they they can stay there the whole season season and just go through the roads all day. And whenever they detect the wheat, they can either terminate it by a mechanical treatment, a laser, steam, foam, whatever. I think there's lots of progress being done in the industry and lots of intelligent startups. I really like that. For what I think there's a little bit of lack is in the big acres. So like, you know, terminating plant growth of potatoes, that's simply huge biomass. So we're staying in the, in this area, but there, I think I would bet on these autonomous systems being the future uh, or the alternative for uh, selective herbicides because that's super intelligent. It's fun to see them, you know, going through these LAs uh, day and night, even 
even in swarms. They work together so that there's robots bringing in the energy and the products and other way of treating them. That's the future, I think. So let's, to finish up, let's talk about you. 25 years I've heard, and I've known you for a while in the ag tech sector. What kind of got you to this point? I started my journey in agriculture. I was educated as a biologist, as um, an ecotoxologist, to be more precise. And my task at the university was to count duckweeds as my research. And to be honest, I'm quite a lazy person. And I, I didn't like sitting in the lab and counting duckweeds. So I invented a sensor system, a camera system, with the amazing resolution of 160 by 80 pixels that was cutting edge at the time to do that autonomously. And um, that algorithms and that idea was the foundation of my first startup. So that technology was used in high throughput screening for herbicides at the time and later on also in phenotyping. So camera-based systems and phenotyping. So and from there on, well, I knew that there is a lack in the herbicide research and that brought me attached to the idea that there needs to be a new solution. And finally, I end up founding CropZone. That's fantastic. And so from the Plant Sciences Initiative here, we love it when biologists meet engineers and it sounds like you really have done that in <laughs> In the, in the wild, as it were. So what's next for you? What's next for CropZone? Well, looking into getting more internationally, we had a very successful founding round earlier this year, which enables us, you know, to look outside the European system. And we want to engineer the system economically more viable, which means uh, we're building it bigger. Next season, we have a 27 meter system on the field, which allows farmers to stay in their driving ways in, in the field and then growing the business. That's the next step. Wish you luck. Thanks so much. Thanks. AgTech360 is a product of North Carolina State University, the Center of Excellence for Regulatory Science in Agriculture, or SIRSA, the North Carolina Plant Sciences Initiative, and the Southern IPM Center. This episode was produced by Kayla Pack Watson with host Adrian Percy. With AgTech360, we take a 360 degree view into emerging agriculture technologies that matter. Thanks for listening.